That's what a dolphin <laughs> sounds like. What's it sound like? <laughs> one more time. <laughs> that one wasn't as good. Welcome back to Catching Up David. This is episode 12, Hocus Pocus. Hi, Hallie. Hi. Hi, Kristen. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Dandy. I'm wearing my Halloween vest. She, she has a very so nice It's very Hocus Pocus Pocusy. And I'm ready. I'm prepared. Great. Hallie, ready and prepared? I am. I'm not wearing a spooky vest. Because you suck. Uh, mine's I get one point. For festive dressing up. We'll see. What do you mean, we'll see? Decide right here and now and decide yes. It is a pretty... I mean, you would have worn that anyways, though, right? Even if it wasn't Hocus Pocus night. You've probably been wearing that for like a week. (laughs) I haven't taken this off since October 1st. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't count for a point then. No, this is genuinely, aside from when I wore it when we watched... This is the only other time I've worn it. Okay. Yeah. She gets a pity point. It's not a pity point. It's a legitimate point. It's a pity point. Zip my sweater at you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hocus Pocus came out in 1993, which is also when the movie is set, except for the time that it's set in 1693. Uh, it stars Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, who I realized as I was writing this, I was confusing with Melissa Joan Hart, who plays Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I have never heard of anyone confusing those two people. <laughs> because they are very it, different people. Is it because they both played witches? <laughs> it probably is. I guess they both go by three names. Yeah, they're both blonde. They have three name names. I don't know. They they're look very different, and they're alike. very different witches. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, there's an episode where she just can't stop eating pancakes. That's not a theme in this movie. <laughs> that doesn't sound like not in this movie though i agree that could be a curse well there isn't okay so yeah hocus pocus sadly neither a box office success or a critical success (laughs) it lost somewhere around 16.5 million dollars and was universally panned as quote harmlessly hokey yet never much more than mediocre and quote a pretty lackluster affair there were other harsher things on the Wikipedia, but... That's rough. That's not great. But it has grown... However... It, sorry? However, in the years since its release, it's become a cult hit, doing part to annual showings on the Disney Channel and Freeform? Yeah, it used to yeah. be ABC Family. Which is what, yeah, I learned something. It's um, about time. There's also been talk of either a remake or a sequel, or both. Though, so far, nothing a has been made just yet. Apparently, Bette Midler was down for a sequel and, like, pretty excited about it. But then they were like, what if we just remade it instead? And she's like, no, thanks. 
That's past. a reason. That's reasonable. I respect that. There's a there's a novelization that came out I think last year that has both the novelization of the first movie and a second story. Really? Where Max and Allison have gotten married and have a child named Poppy, fairly close to my Polly and Polly. Exactly. I'm both thrilled and angered by this fact. Why? Because I'm excited for David almost being right about a thing, and I'm mad that David was almost right about a thing. <laughs> Because of because of a novelized sequel, like that's not even. <laughs> it's canon. Like, I guess it's, it is canon, but it's like a really loose canon that not very many people like, know faint about. Air quotes that you have yeah. to squint to see. Like, <laughs> in the uh, in the novelization, Poppy has grown up hearing the family story of the first film and her parents who avoid Halloween at all costs, and however she's skeptical of the tale. And ends up at the Sanderson house on Halloween, which is like 25 years after okay. the first movie, an attempt to prove there's nothing to the story. Some rebellious teen. I don't like that they don't like Halloween. Yeah, that feels very wrong for Allison. It feels like... Like Allison especially, but I feel like Max right. at the end also came to embrace Halloween. Yeah. It, it, he never said, I it, like Halloween now. But it it just seems like... more like, hey, don't light the candle and do the thing that they explicitly tell you not to do. But like, yeah, you can go trick-or-treating. That's fine. Like, it, like I don't it see why seems... this would make Allison not like Halloween anymore. No. I can see why they might be, like, skeptical. But... Right, of, like... Don't go to this party right. where they're scrying or using a Ouija board because that shit's real. Yeah, you don't mess with Ouija boards. Haven't you done a Ouija board? Oh, yeah. You're not how, supposed to. How did that go? We're fine. I'm still alive. For now. Relatively unpossessed. Did I tell you that the humidifier acted up again? I saw it on Twitter. You didn't yeah. need to tell me. It happened again. <laughs> no. There's a humidifier in my house that's possessed. It turns on by itself. It's not plugged in. It's not like touching anything that could like cause some sort of electric current and turn it on. It's all the way at the top shelf of the linen closet, and even if you like shift it, it it keeps going until you like take it out. And this happened in July. And then my sister the other day was like, "Did I tell you what happened?" And I said, "No." And it happened again. That's like the worst thing to be <laughs> possessed. <laughs> the humidifier. Well, the morning. After it happened in July, I went downstairs and I told my mom this, except like, I guess 10 minutes before I had gone downstairs, she went to go get something from our laundry room, and we have a box of spices that don't fit in our spice cabinet, and they sit on top of the washing machine, and uh, the washing machine wasn't on, but the box was just like rattling lightly, and I was like, oh, we for sure have a ghost. This is amazing. And then that was the end of it, except now it's back. So, Ghost so far likes to inhabit spice humidifiers <laughs> and boxes of spices. Alright, keep us posted. Those are the real ghosts that Max and Allison should be looking out for. Her name's Allison, right? Mm -hmm. Allison, okay. yep. yeah. So anyway, we disagree with this novel. Yeah. Disagree. We disagree with it. Okay. So sure continue no. talking about it if you had more of the plot. That is all I know cool. about it. Cool. Well, that's all I want to hear about it. Okay. Great. Well, in case you haven't seen it, Hocus Pocus is the story of the Sanderson sisters, Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, three witches who live in colonial Salem, Massachusetts. Seeking eternal life, the three kidnap a girl named Emily Binks and cast a spell on her to absorb her youthful energy. 
The witches are captured and hanged, but not before laying a curse that will resurrect them if a virgin lights the black flame candle on Halloween night. Fast forward 300 years later, and Max, a virgin, his sister Danny, and Max's crush Allison break into the witch's house-turned-museum, and Max, being a teenage boy, lights the candle, bring the witches back into the modern world. A talking cat, a gross zombie, a couple musical numbers, and the 90th bullies ever committed to film, Hocus Pocus. Also, you didn't... I'm going to interrupt. They didn't cast a spell. They made her drink a potion. But they had But then to... they cast a spell after. They just yeah, made but the not potion on. first. There was a... They made her drink the potion, and then they all stood in front of her and did a thing. I feel like that's just part of the potion. I would say the potion's part of the spell. I, too, would agree that the potion is part of the spell. Considering that the recipe recipe for the potion is in her spell book. Okay, but how many times do you have, like, a journal, and then you just, like, put little random things in the corner? I have, like, work notes, but then my dermatologist called me the other day, and I was like, cancel, check, 1083. And, like, that doesn't pertain to anything. So, in the spell book, they have a potion. (laughs) It's separate. It had its own page, though. Cookbooks. You also didn't mention Thackeray Binks at yeah, all in that. that. You bad mentioned the talking cat. I, I had a thing about Thackeray Binks, but it felt like it was going on a little bit too long. He's okay. also the talking cat. That's fair. I can, I can get behind that. Thackeray. What was I saying before all of this happened? I like the bullies. That was my contribution. <laughs> they're my favorite characters because all they do is hang out in the graveyard and steal kid shoes. And they're not threatening those the no thing. like they're not even like good bullies where it's like we're gonna stab you or something they just are like stupid i mean I could, but there like, are two of them and one of them is like a bigger a whole, guy a pack of them yeah but that's like when they're out trick-or-treating but when it's just yeah. like the graveyard like dude just yeah. get on your bike and go away and this whole pack of them is like i'm gonna rob this candy from this eight-year-old child like come Real on you guys. have a whole pack of tough 90s guys and this is what you're doing <laughs> come i like on, guys. the hair on the blonde one i don't like the hair on the blonde that one. sounds on par for you do you like the hair on the other one? No. ice in the back? No. I do not. It's better. If only someone had shaved an N in there and he could be nice. Icing. That should be. No. <laughs> or the I just becomes part of the N. It's just <laughs> Well, since this was the first movie on Catching Up David that Hallie hadn't seen, I sort of wanted to start with you. To okay. get your initial impressions of the movie. What was it like seeing for the first time? Well, I'd seen bits of it on Twitter. Just on Twitter. Like, I had just seen, like, some GIFs and some images and that kind of thing. And I didn't know at all what it was about, except that it involved a virgin. I assumed a virgin sacrifice, because those two things just tend to go together. It plays on the Disney Channel. Yeah. You can only have a virgin or a sacrifice. Well, that didn't track, but to be fair, the word virgin said like 13 times in that movie also doesn't track for the Disney Channel. Did you count? I didn't count. I guessed 13. It seemed like a nice... I had first said like 11, but that seems too low. I'm going to put it at like the 16 to 18 range. Okay. We'll have to investigate that later. But it wasn't too far of a step to just virgin sacrifice from the involvement of a virgin at all. So I 
really enjoyed watching something that I already knew was part of specifically my age group's culture because it's aggressively 90s mm-hmm. and I loved how aggressively 90s it was. And it isn't that I necessarily disagree with what all the critics said, but I, there's something really heartfelt and earnest about the movie too that just like 10 out of 10, like I just enjoyed that whole ride, you know, from yeah. the very beginning where the whole class supported Allison when she was like, All Hallows Eve is when the spirits of the dead can come back to the living, and they went, Yeah! It was like, Yeah, this is this is this movie slaps, this is amazing. It's like when people don't like Disney Channel movies because they're cheesy and corny, and I'm like, No, that's why you like that's Disney the Channel point. movies. There's something really like you have to, it's hard to pull off a cheesy, corny movie in a way that doesn't just piss you off, you know? So, like, kudos to Hocus Pocus for doing it. Yeah. I do love how earnest it is. That's, like, my favorite thing about movies of this sort of era is that they can be... I don't know, after a while, everything got really kind of cynical and, like, either dark or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're doing this silly thing, but we know we're doing this silly thing. And, like, you know, just there's always, like, that sort of wink to the audience... But this is like, they're just, they fully embrace the silliness. Yeah, and, and it, it's not, it's not like for silliness's sake or whatever. It's like, this is just a fun thing that we're going to yeah, do and throw and ourselves into. Because they embrace the silliness, they also, I know this sounds kind of oxymoronic, but they take it seriously. So yeah. the movie takes itself seriously. So I take it seriously. And like, I, like the stakes in this world make sense to me. And the character relationships make sense to me. And just how ridiculous everything is at all times also makes sense to me and I'm here for it. It was really enjoyable. Ten out of ten October movie. Yeah. Great recommendation. Messed up that you get, word. You get it on out. my there part. You go. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. What was it like watching it again for the however many at the time? It was good because I hadn't last year, I remember because now that it's like a big pop culture thing, um, lots of channels play it a lot around Halloween. But last year, I didn't get around to seeing it. And I was like, Kristen, no, you had one job, and that was to watch Hocus Pocus around Halloween. And I didn't do it. So I was glad that I got to see it again. And it was just a fun 90s time. I didn't know that it came out before I was born. So I was like, wow, that's weird. I don't know. I was guessing like 97 or 98. Somehow it being 93 is weird. Now that you mention it, it does seem too early for it. Right. Like it's like before ninety eight is like solid nineties have taken hold. Ninety three yeah. is like the nineties are finding themselves and we're still transitioning out of the eighties. So the it 90s is a little are bit early. middle school phase. Yeah. Figuring out who they are. Decades always take like until the middle of the decade to really cement their style. I think it I think it still feels a little bit I, I would say it feels like the most nineteen ninety three thing ever. In okay. Fact. Just like the fashion and the language and the sort of with the earnestness we already said, there's like the redemption plot for Thackeray that feels really like kind of an 80s thing okay. almost. Like I was I was eight years old in 93. So like I didn't, well, I hadn't seen this movie before. I did see a lot of children's movies that were kind of in the same vein. Mm-hmm. And it felt like very familiar in a structural kind of way as I was watching it. Like you've got the hero kind of in Max and he's got his sarcastic sidekick who is Danny yeah. and like there's the love interest that he teams up with to go face some sort of evil thing. It feels like I've seen this movie a bunch of times okay. while not seeing this movie and they all 
feels very much like me being eight years old. <laughs> yeah. I want to know then if this is how bullies actually were in '93. <laughs> were they just dorks. like <laughs> dumb people who hung out in graveyards, and so it was like an <laughs> accurate representation of bullies, <laughs> or is it just I don't know? We should email the writers and be like, "Was this I had a, a personal experience?" <laughs> or there's always like the bully in in the like '80s, early yeah. '90s ish movie, and they're always kind of dorks like this. But they're both dumb, is the thing. I think usually you get like the one to punch. You get like yeah, the actual like, the like mean one, one yeah. Yeah. who like has the like big tough one to be like, "Hey, go execute this mean thing I just said was going to happen," and then they're like, "What?" But they were both dumb, and That's that was true. fun. That's true. I, there is sort of that dynamic among the witches, I would say, though. Like, that's true like yeah. we've got very much the leader and then sarah is kind of like the dumb fun one yes and then she's just having fun the whole movie <laughs> she's yeah. just yeah, and mary is mary is also a little bit of a dumb one but she's like very useful she's like this she sniffer she's gonna yeah. sniff out the children like i don't if she didn't have the sniffing power i don't think she'd be like useful but yeah. like i don't know that sarah knows what's going on for much of the movie no. i think she's just there she's just along for the ride she's yeah. like good to be back man like and, and mary knows what's going on she's just the lackey yeah like archetype Winifred. winifred's the main one right okay. yeah. i just kept getting like yeah. willa in my no. head and no. i'm like mm, almost there no. i think for me personally the thing that i was struck by the most and i noticed it again as i was rewatching, it was just the pace of the movie like there's almost no quiet moments it's just like romp 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 the whole time okay. like the witches are in constant motion they're always like somebody's always dancing or giggling or like chat like there's always one of the sisters usually it's sarah is doing something weird in the background uh-huh. while winifred is giving an explanation or like exposition or chastising mary or whatever like in the graveyard she's like eating a spider at one point yeah, for like just, a yeah. long time <laughs> and, and she's like my favorite thing that i noticed re-watching it is when they're outside the cemetery and sarah's just like climbing on the gate <laughs> yeah, and like hanging there <laughs> and just, just like chilling and like there's like important stuff like winifred's like saying something important in the foreground and sarah's just like <laughs> swinging on the gate <laughs> But like yeah, there's always there's always some sort of action something going on. Even the the times where it does dip a little bit, like we get the the sweet scene with Danny and Thackeray when they go home, mm-hmm. and like Thackeray, everybody's like falling asleep. Like that only lasts a very short period of time, and then like the witches are back from the. Kill. That scene also screams, "It's not done." Like, yeah. <laughs> like obviously we all know this isn't the true climax of the film, but like everything about it is wrong, and you're like, "Stop acting like everything is fine, yeah. you absolute." They fools. didn't even like stick around to make sure they actually burned. They're just no. like, "Haha, that'll do the trick." And I still feel like the kill idea of this was very, very good, and it should have worked. Yeah, I was impressed with that plan. It should have worked, and then. For some reason, it doesn't. Or it should have had more of an effect. Like, they should have come out looking, like, at least a little bit crisp. Like, how singed. Yeah. <laughs> that hurt. And instead, they're just, like, just like, oh, just we're not. behind schedule. Yeah. <laughs> what a setback. Yeah. If I were to do a second podcast, I think it would definitely be about messed up children movies of, like, the 80s and 90s. And this movie would definitely make the okay. cut. You think it's messed up? 
I think it's good wholesome fun. <laughs> like everything about the opening sequence where witches kidnap and kill a little girl with their dark magic. That's fair. It's like it's really wonderful and like rewatching it again. I loved the all of the stuff that took place in the 1600s. Yeah. All of that was really great, but like messed up. I feel bad that he was turned into a cat and then his parents were like, "What did you do with our son?" And then he's there <laughs> trying to him. say something and then yeah, they just <laughs> they kick yeah. him. Yeah. Like the book is such a great object. Like it's gross cover that's like yeah, it's got all the stitches in it, yeah. yeah, and like the eye that like opens. Yes. And but shuts. like I respect that they went for it, yeah. You know? Like because I think kids movies, if you see like any kind of questionable element in any kids movies, I feel like the conclusion, wow, this is messed up for kids, is too easily drawn sometimes because kids yeah. can handle more than we think that they can. Mm-hmm. And I really respect when movies don't like baby kids, and it's kind of funny. This this one isn't like a really sophisticated plot. It just has those really weird elements that it's kind of just yeah. a like sort of a survive the night plot, but yeah. also with a little bit of like actively stop them. Yeah. Like that is the goal to stop them, but then it right. turns into like just make sure they don't kill you, me, and then they see the other kids and they're like, oh no, we have to stop this. Yeah. So like I don't know. I kind of like that it's. It's a little bit of both, and it kind of picks and chooses what it wants to be Mm -hmm. at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That actually sort of brings me to the first thing I wanted to talk about, which is a good segue. Like, what what is a children's movie anyways? What are the necessary components, and, like, what things should or shouldn't be in a children's movie? I can't swear. They said a little bit of hells and dams. Yeah, but those are like the mild ones. Those are fine. Sucks. That's the one. That's that, that's the one that Max's dad was upset about. Hey. <laughs> I was also not allowed to say sucks when I was. I was not either. Yeah. I didn't know why. I just obeyed because it yeah. wasn't worth putting up a fuss about it. My parents did not care. <laughs> wow, that must have been nice. I think like like how you're allowed one fuck in a PG-13 movie yes. before you have to make it R. I feel mm-hmm. like that kind of rule applies to a children's movie. I always like that rule because I watch. fuck? Not a fuck. <laughs> You're allowed like a hell or a damn. Yes. Okay. And then if it gets maybe two depending on the context. If it gets to three or more then you have to consider. I like those rules because I love sitting there going where are they gonna put it? Yeah like <laughs> which like, fuck are they gonna, gonna choose? Be? There are many moments it could go. I don't know, I think you gotta have the more... You don't have to. Because, like, in Frozen, Hans wasn't immediately an apparent villain. Mm-hmm. But you gotta have at least a definite villain. Not like, you sort of side with them, because the Sanderson sisters just want to, like, eat children or kill them or do whatever they do so they can live forever. And you're like, that's not good. So you have to have the villain you can definitely argue against the occasional Helen Dan. Yep. I would agree with that. Maybe an actual child or youth or someone I think that's who probably important. Skirts that line. Mm-hmm. That's usually important. A good sidekick. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones though. I guess there is a child in like the Princess Bride, but it's in the frame story. Yeah. He's getting he's getting told the story. But he is benefiting from the story the most. That's true. Yeah. So I really so like Also, how old is Buttercup supposed to be? Eighteen? 
19? She's one of those, like, flirting that line. Flirting that, yeah. Like, that's an like age Anna. that She's kids can get behind. I consider 16 the magical, like, children age, yeah. because that's, like, a fairy tale age. Ariel, Aurora, that kind of thing. <coughs> I think there has to be a moral, necessarily, but... I do, you gotta learn something. I, I do like when there's a certain element of a character learning something, even if it's not necessarily this is right and this is wrong, just something that broadens their worldview. Like the kid in Princess Bride learns that he can enjoy books and benefits the most from the telling of that story because of it. I don't think Max ever disliked Danny, but I think it's a better appreciation yeah. of like bonding, family, <laughs> hey, this town isn't as bad as I thought it was. And Thackeray says like, You'll oh, miss yeah. her when she's gone, or if she's gone. Yeah. Or, like, right. don't let, mm-hmm. like, don't learn your lesson the way I did. But yeah. Thackeray didn't really need to learn his lesson. He seemed pretty yeah. loving he to Emily her. at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Woke up and immediately <laughs> was like, my darling sister. Yeah. But no. I think Max is pretty loving towards Danny. I mean, he's, like, their relationship felt really realistic to me as, like, a brother and younger sister. He's annoyed that he has to take her out trick-or-treating, yeah. but, like, he feels really bad when trick-or-treating goes poorly and, like, apologizes and, like, yeah, tries he, to make it up to her. No, and, he's like, not a bad no, brother. No. I think it's just... I think they, they had a really realistic mm-hmm. sibling relationship that I, I got behind. I would agree with that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if, like, that was part of a, a moral or a lesson, like, that he learns to... He learns something about himself and his relationship with Danny. I think that like it seems like he learns perspective and I think perspective is as valuable as like a straight up moral mm-hmm. in, a, in a kids movie because he has the right to be as upset as he is at the beginning because he's like I hate Halloween I had to move here and I don't like it here like yeah. all they I've, do is Halloween and he's like yeah. 16 like, or 15 yeah like I've never sucks. had to move but I can only imagine having to leave behind your home for a new home yeah. would be just you know, terrible go from like sunny California and even though the changing leaves are nice you're like it's cold here this sucks yeah and he just like is lashing out <coughs> at Halloween because he's generally upset and he's acting out and it's reasonable for him to want to do that and for him not to always be able to control it because, again, he's 15, something yeah, like that. Like that. But I think he learns to, like, through bonding with Danny and through bonding with Allison and through experiencing something uniquely Halloween, which was tied into why he was so unhappy at the beginning, he learns, like, perspective, which ties mm-hmm. into, like, embracing new surroundings, trying new things, trying to look on the bright side, that kind of thing. So it's not, like, a straight arrow that you can draw if you sit your kid in front and you're like here's what this teaches but I think they pick up on it yeah like that general ambiance movies that have those elements where you can think about how it all connects and you can see a character integrating with a new environment really help there's also like he makes two sort of big decisions I think and like the biggest one is obviously when he drinks the potion at the end to save Mm -hmm. Danny I think another thing though is when he decides that they really owe Thackeray something mm-hmm. and that they want to help him become not a cat. Yeah, and that Which, was technically yeah. a mistake because yeah, it, it led to well. the climax, yeah. but like that is another example of like a morally gray choice, I guess, because it was it was 
it led to bad things, but a kid can watch that and be like, that was a big choice that he made was that from a good place in his heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't So, like, they technically disobeyed Thackeray and made things worse, but they were, like... To be fair, they also genuinely thought the witches were dead. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Like, that decision and the consequences of it were multifaceted. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that kind of a thing. Yeah. I did appreciate that there wasn't some sort of moral message about, like, Treating bullies better. Yes, like no. that's you know what? Those Fine, still leave them there. So yeah, like, you take your shoes yeah. back. Yeah, and leave them in the cage. Yeah, they're just shitheads to everybody. The whole movie, and he does have the opportunity to save mm-hmm. them, but he's just like, no, they can stay in the cages like, a little while longer. Yeah, and like, there was no like real danger so it was fine yeah. know, maybe there was I guess technically if my kid is watching it and it was like I love when they leave them in cages I'd be like okay but think about whether you actually want to be that kind of person and I would do like the good thing of being like consider other consequences to that choice but it's also just a fun thing that yeah. he leaves them there yeah. and isn't forcing a moral which is important they're not in any the, the sisters are like, dead. They just, yeah, they're just they going to hang out there for a while. I'm sure yeah. the fire department will show up eventually. Exactly. Like, somebody, will, fine. somebody will remember. Or they'll just casually mention, like, yeah, maybe there were still some kids in there. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, the museum will have normal business hours. No, the museum after the closed. Weekend. It yeah. was just closed at that time. No, it was closed. No, they, That's why it was they super closed because strange things were happening there. Yeah, it had been closed for like, three years. I thought I got the impression it was just closed at that point in time. No, no, I think it was like actually it was, closed. Okay, yeah. I'm really mad that they just she left said all that stuff the there. <laughs> yeah, I thought she meant. I thought you just said you saw the beginning twice. I did see the beginning twice, but the second time I was looking at a map also while watching it in the background. Too bad. Yeah, Should apparently that I guess changes it. So I don't know. Someone will still yeah, probably still show like up. they left so many things there. It really makes me mad that they just left stuff there. Like, sure, spooky things were happening, but also, like, historical Not artifacts. Not spooky enough that you can't, like, be like, well, this has value for society and the our Anna, town. And the history. Annabelle Dowell's in a case. You can you can take the book and put it in a different case. Come on. Donate it to a museum where they're like, yeah, we welcome the spookiness. Yeah. Cowards. Also, this is Salem. Spookiness is like your thing. I know! They were all so, like, Halloween in the beginning, and they closed down their... Come on. I bet they probably couldn't handle a haunted humidifier. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. You know, they seem like they couldn't because they're cowards, but yeah. Salem, the city, has actually very much embraced this movie. Good for Salem. Yeah. There's, uh... Local filming sites have become an attraction for fans, as the movie's legacy has grown over the years. Okay. Says Wikipedia. God bless Salem for just like, yeah, this is us. This is our legacy. Yeah. This is a thing that is relevant to our legacy. So Salem we will was really also cool. Approve I went there when I was a youth. I know. You've told me about it. Yeah. The Salem Witch Trials. Well, like, obviously, recreations <laughs> of it, and that happened. But like, we got to watch it, and it was fun. And I was staring at some lady as she came in, and she yelled at me, and like. 12 year old me was like oh no not good didn't they tell Jill she was a double witch oh yeah they went up to my sister and they were like are you by any chance left handed and she is left handed so she was like yes question mark and they're like ah yes your left handedness combined with your red hair means you're like double witch definitely witch for sure going to be murdered and we're like ooh fun (laughs) so that is fun yeah if you're left-handed and or if you have red hair, you are a witch. 
and you're dead. In yeah. conclusion, God bless Salem. Thematically Salem. Thematically Salem. <laughs> oh, the ending is really sappy, isn't it? We're like, okay. I felt it was really sappy. With like, Binks, the cat dies, but then his ghost comes back and it's like, thank you so much. Oh, there's my sister Emily. We're going to walk off into the afterlife together. You're saying you think he deserved to be a cat for eternity? And he... to constantly watch people come and go? I don't think he deserved to be a cat, but... I liked it. Love pets one could have. An immortal cat, pretty high up there on the list. But his whole thing was like, man, if only I had been able to save Emily, or like, I will not let this happen to people like it happened to Emily, or man, I wish, or I miss my sister Emily. So it's nice that at the end he finally got... It's nice. It's nice. It's just a little, I would prefer that good happy ending over like I don't know. It I felt, liked it. It felt pretty right. Yeah. For the like, it felt like it tracked with like the nineties. Yeah. and with like the arc that we knew was coming. But if he had also stayed a cat for the rest of eternity with like the descendants of that family, that also would have felt right for yeah. this movie. Could have gone either way, really. Yeah. It would have been one good redeeming part of the novel and the sequel. Where like Thackeray Binks could have been around. Yeah. yeah. Thackeray could have been around to be like, why don't you guys like Halloween? Y'all are dumb. Or to be like, no, kid, this really happened. I am a talking cat. <laughs> Can <Proof>. attest. <laughs> they really took the talking cat in stride. They were all... Okay. As as... They were just like, oh, okay, good for them. Also, yeah. kudos to whatever studio made this for having like a decent animated talking cat in 1993. It was pretty good. Pretty good. I did not expect yeah. that. When I watched the beginning of it this weekend in my hotel, it was like a freeform extra thing where they had little like comments and fun facts that would pop I up at like love quotable fun moments and stuff like that. And I guess... They dubbed over a human Thackeray Binks at the beginning with James Marsden's voice because he's the voice of Cat Thackeray Binks for consistency, which is funny because I thought they didn't sound alike, but they apparently went out of their way to make sure that they did. Do I get a point? Is that like a thing that they recently did though? Because I don't think so. Freeform just said that happened, but never said if it happened after a certain number of years. I I like James Marsden. He has a special place (laughs) in my heart. He's really endearing, and like after I realized it was James Morrison, I was like, "Oh, that tracks. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds right for James Morrison. Sounds right. Yeah, for like <laughs> one of his roles. He was the prince in Enchanted. Yes, there you go. And I don't know. This feels like the origin story I should have seen coming. He was Thackeray Binks. It is a logical step. Thackeray Binks enchanted cat. Wow, that sucks Prince. if you're the guy who's like the original Thackeray Binks. You can just be like, that's me, not my voice. Yeah. They decided it wasn't good enough, so they picked James Marsden to be in it. But that's me hurtling myself through the woods. Without any shoes on. Yeah. His feet must have been torn up. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't run in the woods without shoes on. If you can help it. At least have some socks. At Girl Scout camp, they were like, if you have to get up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, you have to have a buddy system. And you guys have to have on, like, good proper shoes, not just slip-ons, because this is the woods and it's nighttime. 
and it was annoying because not only like you don't even have to get up to use the bathroom it'll be your buddy who has to get up to use the bathroom but then you also have to get up and then in the dark put on your shoes and stumble to the bathroom I feel like the bathroom buddy system is only a way to stir animosity among your campers it really is and then that was when like Crocs became a thing and I hated then and hate now Crocs and so I didn't have any. But they decided that those were okay shoes to wear to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Like, that's allowed. And I'm like, so you're telling me these kids can just put their styrofoam slip-on shoes and that's okay. But I have to, like, tie my shoes in pitch black? I was displeased. Naturally, my buddy was the one who had to get to use the bathroom. At least, like, two or three times that week. In the middle of the night. She killed him. Thought about it. <laughs> what were we talking about? Wearing your shoes while you run through the forest. Yes. And how it's a good idea generally. How it's a good idea generally. Crocs are also okay. If you have nothing <laughs> else. If you have nothing else. <laughs> I liked the zombie. I don't know if you were going to mention that. But I kind of like oh, how yeah. like we think he's evil this whole time. And then he finally gets to like, rip the seams of his mouth open. And I don't remember what he says. But he's just like, God, shut up. And then he helps the kids. And I'm like, yeah, good zombie. Good zombie. Good zombie. Billy, right? Billy. I think Billy's right. Yeah. But then, like, also his fingers get chopped off by the manhole cover. There's a lot of of things that disturb me now and would have scarred me as a child. That's so hokey, though. (laughs) That feels like a hokey thing to me. Yeah. That I wouldn't freak out. You just kind of, yeah, but you just sort of, like, laugh at it. Like, you know that he's dead and you're just like, huh? His fingers got split. Like, the fact that oh. his mouth was sewn shut would have freaked also, me out more. Yeah. Because that's a thing that happened when he wasn't a magical zombie, when he was just a person. Yeah. So, like, that idea frightened me. But I think it made So the fingers cool got you more than his head being shot off by the tree branch and having to, like, stumble around to find Again, it. Again, that was just hokey to me. Yeah. That was just The like, head thing was pretty hokey. Yeah. So were the fingers. No. Yeah. I can imagine. Like, his head just, like... There wasn't anything. It was just like a, a clean. There wasn't like a bone. It wasn't there like. There was a clean cut for the fingers. There were no bones. So you could see like them they're like wiggling and stuff. I don't well, know. He's a magic zombie. They're still moving. I don't know. They have things to do. Yeah, I guess I just feel like that. I take for granted, zombie body parts are fine anytime they're hit like that. Plus, like it's not a movie that's gonna go out of its way, to be like, here's an actual severed finger. With yeah. the bone and the muscle and the nerves and like sticking out and everything. Yeah, like they're just like it's kind of green, clean cut because the sewer cut them off. Lol. Yeah. He didn't look like an actual decomposed body. No, he was he was a Frankenstein version of a decomposed body. So like that extra step of removal. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're going for hokey. Yeah, it I still just... it still might have bothered me as a child. Okay, sounds like it bothers you now. Ooh, I think more like. <laughs> the cat getting hit by the car yeah. see that was like that upset me more like I wasn't exactly upset by it but if I'm putting everything on a scale that okay. upset me much more because that's just a real cat yeah. that you watch and then it pops back and that part is still hokey but there's no extra removal from it, it. Makes like, 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 like bone crunching I know yeah, yeah the bone like crunching yeah see I don't remember that because I remember that it happened because I remember being confused that I didn't see it but you that was when I used the bathroom yeah. Um, yeah. but I think it would bother me. Again. No, it would probably bother me more now 
Not that I, like, didn't care about cats or animals when I was younger, but I think when I was younger, I was just like, I know he comes back. It's fine. Sad, but it's okay. But I think now I'd be like, but he's a psychopath. The second time he dies is also, like, pretty... He, like, falls out of the air and, like, hits a rock and, like, bounces. <laughs> it's, like... It's, it's pretty a, rough. It's a lot. It's a lot. The cat goes through a lot. Got nine lives. Poor little cat nine puppet. The tweet. And is also the octopus. What? You seen the tweet with the octopus? It's, like, octopus holding a gun in each hand <laughs> and the cat's, like, you're one short, buddy. <laughs> I have seen that one. I love yes. it so much. <laughs> I have a whole list of things that were like unsettling unsettling <laughs> things for a children's movie such as um, the witches like throwing toes at each other biting it's just a, funny biting a chunk of their tongue off I don't know maybe I'm a more sensitive child I don't know I, it's so, it sounds like it they, I get, never... they get hanged they kill Emily and she's just like lying there slumped but, over in her chair okay and that is like a generally scary thing like it's a serious stake because they actually got away with killing yeah. Emily but it's also just so mystical like she glows green and then they suck she glows green and then even then they're like hide the girl and they throw a blanket <laughs> over like her and her hand is still yeah, visible like, like it's not even a good job it's fine and they, and when they're eating the toe Sarah does something she's like dead man's toe dead man's toe and I just start laughing at the yeah. way that she's saying it and twirling yeah. in circles trying to get it but I'm like these witches they're so hilarious well I also never know if I'm like not desensitized to it but like I grew up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that came out in 97 and my parents watched it like from when it aired to when it ended and so I just like grew up watching vampires just like break people's necks and just like suck the blood out of people and demons and whatnot and so it it seemed like just a regular episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer (laughs) to me and I can't tell if that's like a desensitizing thing, or if maybe you were just an overly sensitive kid, or both. Yeah, it could be some both. I don't know. I'm just like, throwing some toes. It's fine. Yeah, that was like, and it's like they should have close above the toe. I just mostly what grossed me out was that one of them like got caught in like the hood, and it was still like on on yeah. her cape or whatever. I was like, ew, she has a toe in her hood. Like, <laughs> but the actual toes themselves, I didn't mind. I just didn't like that it was stuck there. I was admittedly shocked they showed. Like, I was shocked that the Sanderson sisters got hanged at all. I was like, wow, the witches actually got caught. And then I was shocked that the hanging itself it was a scene. That. Yeah. Because yeah. they didn't show any more of hanging than movies typically do, which is just the feet, really. Right. But, like... Well, they did just show the feet. Yeah, so oh, they didn't show any more than most movies do when showing a hanging. So it wasn't, like, exactly inappropriate or anything. I was just like, oh, wow, there's an actual hanging taking place. Cool. Yeah. It's also, like, strangely sexual for a, for a movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. That's fair. I was trying to figure out when it was that I understood the concept of being a virgin, and it was well past (laughs) when I was like the target target audience. audience. Yes, yeah. 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 I think when I saw it when I was younger, I was just like, sure, I don't know what this means. Apparently, Max is one, though, and that's how this whole thing got started. It it comes up so many times. Like, I don't think it needs to come up that many times. Yeah. Like, especially the fact that Danny is supposed to be like nine or something how old is she supposed to be eight or nine yeah eight or nine so like does she even have a concept of what it is because she tells the cop she's like and max a virgin lit this candle and i'm like girl do you even know what that is if you do why i don't know you're a youth 
she's a you. Yeah. No, it comes up yeah, a lot. I, I can't tell if she knows what it means. It's like or not. it's like the reverse of slut shaming him the whole time. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I know. Like, which happens because he's a man. Because he's a man, yes. exactly. Yeah. Even though he's like a fifteen year old. Right. Man. He's like you, you you are not ready to not be a virgin, Max. Right. Like every time I look at him, I'm like, why wouldn't you be? Like right. <laughs> I'm like, you 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 can't even drive. Where are you gonna go? Yeah. So it just like it wouldn't have struck me as so strange if it was just for the prophecy that he lit it and then it never came up again, but it comes up with the fake police officer. And if it maybe came up like Danny says once it. or twice more, I might be like, sure, it's whatever. like the last line of the movie. Yeah, yeah, like because yeah. didn't you say that it came up so often you expected it to become a plot point that yeah. Max yeah. loses his virginity? Yeah, and that shouldn't have happened. I'm glad no, that it didn't. No, because he's 15, he shouldn't be doing that. Well, but yeah, it did feel like like a loose end. At, yeah, yeah, like whatever, it's whatever just happened so often. Yeah. I do, I do like how, I don't want to say promiscuous because that feels inherently sexist, but Sarah just seems really like, she, she, she loves, makes it with the bus driver. She loves all the boys. Yeah. And it's like, good for you, Sarah. Again, you don't know what's going on, and you, but you're just living your best life. And I like too that Billy was like killed or whatever, cursed, because he had been dating Winifred and then got with Sarah. Yeah. And I think she still just like waves at him and is like, hi, Billy. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I just like her. She's having fun. She's having fun. Yeah. It seems like me. She has her lucky rat tail. She looks like a rat tail. Like, it, the movie nice never spider. outrightly shames her for it. No. You know? And I like that, It's just too. a fun thing in the background that happens. Yeah. She's just a flirty person. Yeah. Like, the closest we get is Billy, but he was punished for that, not her. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was nice. I just remember thinking, though, when she said that, I'd be like... I'm more mad at my sister for doing that with my boyfriend at the time. Always blame the man. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do anything. Were you familiar with the term yabos? I was not familiar I with the was... term yabos, and I was like, who the fuck calls them yabos? Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was just like, oh, is that a genuine term? Is that just a weird thing they did? Or is that like like a 90s I, I have Thing. no I'm gonna idea. Look it up. I was I was going to look it up and then I didn't. <laughs> Who knows what you may find? Yeah, but yeah, I can tell slang. Or if that was just their way of like, they know it's not really a thing, but they want to put this reference into this movie that is a children's movie, so you can't say it, so you have to say yabos. Yeah. Thought it, they thought it would be a good joke, and so they needed a, a special word. <laughs> It's a real thing, according to Google. It was no. It was first used in the 1993 <laughs> Disney film horror comedy Hocus Pocus. So they made it up, that's and then it amazing. became a thing. Okay. That's you know what? Okay, Wait, it's a read. it's a silly term, but I'm so thrilled that the internet told me it was first used in Hocus Pocus. It's that so I will funny give it. that it says humanoid females. Like yeah. I don't know why that. <laughs> I don't know. It carries approximately the same meaning and emotional connotations as the American slang term Hooters. Although even then, I just think of the restaurant. Yeah. So, good for you, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on doing that weird thing. Do you think the writers made that up, or was someone on set one day just like, yeah, booze? And, and they're, they're like, like, Jim, stuck. what are you talking about? 
Because that happens sometimes. Yeah. They don't exactly yeah. write things. It just happens the day of <coughs> filming. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think it could go either way. We'll never. We'll, we'll just add it to our list of questions. Just yeah. things we'll never know if we ever get a. If we ever get to talk to the people behind Hocus Pocus, that'll be question number one. <laughs> Who invented the term Yabos? Yeah. And then right after that, we'll put. Are the bullies based off real people that you know? Are all '90s bullies this way? I think I'm just amused because the the blonde hair one just looks like a member of Hanson, which is he does very '90s. He does, and so I like it. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what they were going for. Hanson. Yeah, could be. I don't know. No, Hanson. I was in middle school when Hanson came out, so it would have been a couple years after oh, this. I'm pretty sure. Hanson got their look from this movie. Probably. They were like, that, is that awesome. guy looks cool. <laughs> Long-lasting contribution to society. I Are think, you gonna look I that think up Hanson too? is older than... Is Hanson with an E-N or an O-N? Yeah. I think Hanson is... I think this is older than Hanson, is what I'm trying to say. We'll find out. Okay, never mind. Google doesn't understand what I'm trying to ask. What? How did you phrase it? Did Hanson get his look from Hocus Pocus? Hanson is three people get their look from Hocus Pocus. No. Is it all just it's get the, same the look thing. from Hocus yes. Pocus? <laughs> it is. Go to Party City. So that question remains we unanswered and added to the list to of questions. To email. Yes. What else did you guys want to talk about? In the same vein of not shaming Sarah, I don't know if this was meant to be Allison just saying like, no, I'm not going to light the candle because she like believes in the superstition, but you know when like, like a virgin has to light the candle and she's like, I can't do it. Or something like that. There's no like. I don't think she says that. She says something that is like I think is meant to hint, but I think you could also easily take it as like she just doesn't want to light the candle. But I think it's supposed to hint at like can't do it, doesn't have the qualifications. I just took that she didn't want to for granted because she clearly wholeheartedly believes in the legend. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, I like that there was no I may have, shaming yeah. if that's how she lives her life. I may have. I may have missed that. That was true. What do we think of the parents? Do we think anything of the parents? No. They're not really there that often. <laughs> and they seem, like, fine to me. They seem relatively understanding of Max's angst. And then they did the parent thing of, like, forcing him to take Danny trick-or-treating. So they seemed, like, okay parents. They're walking the line. But then at the party, they're trying to get their attention. And I guess... Like, they technically succeed in getting the parents' attention. Mm-hmm. But the parents do the thing where they're like, how much candy have you had? Yeah, so I can't... But, Why like, I also can't sister? really blame them for doing that. <laughs> what always confused me when I was little, and even now, I, I stand by my thing, is, like, I feel like they should have made it more clear that they were, like, putting a spell on the parents. Like, they were just singing, I put a spell on you, and the kids <laughs> were like, don't listen! But I remember young me just... Like, I guess getting it, but then, you know, they show up to the house and like, wow, they must still be out 5 a.m. wild or whatever. And I remember just thinking, like, why aren't they back yet? And I feel like they, they definitely hint at it enough. But I, I remember actually, being like, this was not made clear enough. It was not made clear enough because I wasn't aware they had been And that's why when they walk out, they're all like, whoa, 
I thought they had just had a really good time. Yeah. They Genuinely don't make it clear. Just thought they stayed out all night and that was fine. I was like, whatever. It's Max is old enough fun. to watch at the, Danny. At the very end of the I Put Out Spell on You musical number, which is great, by the way. Yeah, it's amazing. It um, she does say something about you're all going to dance until you die. Oh, I totally... Oh, I didn't hear okay. that at all. Yeah, I genuinely I, thought... I, I caught it because I watched it literally this afternoon. Okay, okay. But yeah, there is definitely that part of the spell that they're just going to have to hang out and party forever. But there, there was... N- it was never made clear. And I get that, like, the kids couldn't necessarily know about it because they had, like, their ears plugged and they ran out. But it was never another added layer, like, survive the night, stop children from being murdered by these witches, save our parents from dancing forever. Like, I feel like it could have been another thing that was mentioned, and it wasn't. I thought everybody at the party was just so hyped up by that <laughs> song. <laughs> by no. virtue of it being a fun song. Like, and that the is probably fun what happened but <laughs> there was another layer and that was the spell man i didn't even catch it yeah they did not make that clear enough don't think they really even needed the spell i wish I all of the spells had been musical numbers that would have been cool because two of them were yeah like sarah's got sarah's got her song on the broom which is also pretty good but it's it's not very it's long. not a bop well, I like that song because I happened to hear it on Spotify, but like a full-length version of it that mm-hmm. was like three minutes. It's not a bop. I never said it was a bop. You I said it was a bop. I want to be a bop, is the thing, though. This movie requires bops only. I like this lyrical, mysterious witch song that lures children into the woods. requires bops only. Not for this one. Not for Come Little Children. I am so much I like the more likely to go to like a fun, upbeat pop song than I am to some old lady in the sky being like, go to the woods. Not if you're hypnotized I'm by a celtic ballad. I wouldn't be. We'll see about that. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm also a little too old to be a child now, so you'll have to find an adult version. No. You're younger sound than me, weird. go, you're a child. I'll take it. Okay. I like being reminded of my youth. I don't have much left. <laughs> You're old now. I am. I was, I saw Newsies on Wednesday. And they mentioned something about, like, the children strike. And then they said, like, imagine if we got everyone, like, 21 and under to just not go to work. And I remember thinking, like, wow, they included, like, up to 21 for the children's strike. That's old. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm still, like, past that. I'm not, like, I'm 22, so I almost, like, I'm just, I'm past it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really upsetting. No going back. No. That does not have to be part of the podcast. That was just a side story. Today, my sister asked, like, what are your plans this weekend? And I was like, I guess my birthday is happening, so I'll probably do something (laughs) for that. And she was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, yeah, I just have forgotten about it. For long spans of days, and then suddenly I'll be like, oh, my birthday's happening. Oh, that's not me. And she was like, what? (laughs) That's not me. I am very aware of my birthday. I know, because you talk about it every, like, like six months is when you start being like, my birthday's coming up. up." (laughs) And I just forgot about mine. And I was like, yeah, but it's, like, not exciting. It's, like, 28. She was like, yeah, but then next year is going to be really big because it'll be, like, your last 20 birthday. And I was like, shut up, Tiffany. <laughs> no one asked you. Yeah, Tiffany was like, shut up, Hallie, right? Because <laughs> she's turning 45. And I was like, oh, yeah, well. it's fine. Yeah. 
I mean, I bought some weather tech things to put in my car when I was on my lunch today. <laughs> and I was like very excited for these to come in. My mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said an immersion blender. <laughs> what the fuck is an immersion blender? And I said, look at Google. I want one of these to make soup for my birthday. No. That's a... Blender soup is the worst. I don't I don't like when soup is like all one consistency. It freaks me out. No, there so should be like I don't care. bits no, in yeah. there. So you can do that with an immersion blender. Yeah. I highly support I got an immersion blender for Christmas one year and Thank it was you. like the best present. No, a blender is like a good gift. I'm just saying I don't like it in the context of soup making because well, my sister so, makes soups so you where like, you blend some and I don't like for it. For most soup you blend half of it. Yeah. And then it so becomes like a creamy consistency. Still don't like it. Still chunks. Yeah. Then don't eat my soup. <laughs> don't make me any soup. Had <laughs> <laughs> fresh time today. I looked up and the guy at the smoothie bar was like, you want to try some celery juice? And all I could think about was you. And I was like, yes, I do want to try some celery juice. And it tastes exactly like what it sounds like. Yes, it's just horrible. liquid celery. And I was I'm so mad that like, that's like a thing now. People are always like, some celery juice to start the morning. And I'm like, God, why? I was like, I wonder if I can somehow get this into the lunchbox during the day. She would know it was celery right away because it is just an overpowering scent. There's <laughs> just so much condensed to celery. I think even if I didn't, that would pop- probably be a moment where I like genuinely couldn't stop myself from just spitting it out. I would not be able to swallow it. I'd have to spit it out. It's like, I wonder if I could bring this. It'd be like, it's avocado juice. <laughs> Christine, or something else that's green that she likes. <laughs> It was Smoothie Steve. That's his name. Smoothie Steve. Yeah. And my sister was there. And I was like, you can't be here right now. You have to. She bought a whole jug of celery juice. God. She really liked it. (laughs) I make my family take celery out of things. I know. And they often don't listen to me and they put it in anyway. I made Moroccan vegetable soup once for our company soup day. And I was like... It's delicious. I'll send you the recipe. And yeah. it calls for four stalks of celery. And I was like, don't worry, I'll put like significantly less celery in for you. And then I put three stalks of celery in <laughs> instead of four. People always cut it up so small and they're like, but don't worry, it's tiny. You can't taste it. And I'm like, no, I can taste it, but now I can't pick it out. Mine are pretty big chunks. You could, you could go around them. Yeah, but I still have to go around them. I prefer to just not have to. It's my soup. I already omitted one stalk of celery. Everyone has to abide by my rules <laughs> and preferences. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Celery. It's pretty A good. A worse fate than being killed by the Sanderson sisters. I like celery in soups. I don't like it just raw. It's not good ever. Nice try. But that's the wrong answer. <laughs> Minus one point. <laughs> I didn't get any points this week. Oh, do I get the point for the where they're dancing outside that school building, whatever is the same entrance and fountain as in the Friends theme song? Remember yeah, I mentioned right. that? That sounds like a point. Yeah. I'm up to a point and a half. For the listeners. 
she just put her hands inside her vest and then lifted it cartoonishly. As if we can't see it. I know. They can't see it, Kristen. If I show it hard enough, maybe they can. Is there anything else? Any more hocus and or pocus? No. No. (laughs) All right. I just, it was a good time. I enjoyed it a lot. Probably watch it again before October is done. You know what movie I really want to watch? Another Disney, I think it's a Disney Channel original movie, but they never show it. It's never like included in like the classic Disney Channel Halloween movies because people don't love it as much as Halloween Town, which you still haven't watched. No. Oh God, what's it called? Oh no! Wow, oh, sounds no. like you really like oh, no. it. No, I just had it. Is it Halloween Town Two? Phantom of the Megaplex. <laughs> I've never even heard of Phantom of the Megaplex. They all work at the movie theater and they have some big opening and then there's a Phantom of the Megaplex who's ruining everything. And it's amazing. It was always my favorite. It kind of like genuinely scared me a little bit. Okay. I liked it. It didn't have like the fun costumes as Halloween Town or of Halloween Town. So underappreciated. But it's just a good... Who done it? Phantom of the Opera. But never, the... I know nothing about Phantom of the Opera. There's a phantom at an opera. I gather much that like much. at the Megaplex. Except he only has a half mask, and this phantom has a full mask. Does he spend a lot of time flirting with a girl, but also complaining that he can't be with her? No, he spends a lot of time phantoming. <laughs> I've only seen Phantom of the Opera once. I was possibly not old enough for it because I was in middle school and I was just bored the whole time through. And it felt like every single song with the Phantom being like Christina or whatever the female protagonist's name is, I love you but I can't be with you. That just felt like every single song. I saw a little bit of it on TV a couple months ago and literally my whole thought for the entire thing was just like, why is her hair so curly? That's the most judgmental thing I've ever heard you say. What is the matter with you? No, it was meant to be like, because it was it was for the stage performance, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like whoever was in charge of the hair team, if they just like let it be instead of trying to like style it this certain She's way. She's an opera singer. She's gotta be like stagey. Yeah, curly. I don't know. It seemed like the wrong kind of curly that they were going for. I have nothing against curly hair. The hair itself looked fine. It was the way it was styled. That was, but that was my one thought about Phantom of the Opera. I think you would probably actually like Phantom of the Opera. That just made me like such a Regina George to say. Does your hair have to be so curly? Like that's something she would say I to Gretchen say Wieners. That way. Sending Gretchen Wieners spiraling into into depression for the next week. Her hair is straight at the end of the movie. I prefer it curly. I prefer her hair curly too, as previously stated. I have nothing against curly hair. <laughs> I just know, came I out so bratty. <laughs> Does her hair have to be so curly? It was meant to be a, like, did not care about the plot, only cared about the visuals. Yeah, in, I just wanted to say that I don't like Phantom of the Opera. I just haven't given it a chance since deciding I don't like it. In yeah, I've school. never given it a chance. I'm just like, I, I just assume know. that Phantom of the Megaplex 
takes certain elements from Phantom of the Opera. Wouldn't know. Maybe. <laughs> he wears a full mask. He wears a full mask. Okay. I don't think there is a girl named Christina, but there is a guy whose name is Mark who asks a lot of questions, so they call him Question, question Mark. Mark. Okay. So, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Great it's a good movie. So if you're not watching Hocus Pocus or Halloween Town, you should be watching Phantom of the Megaplex. Has the Cats movie come out yet? No, that no. comes out around Christmas time. I have to see it. I know nothing about Cats either, but one, Taylor Swift is in it, and two, Jason Derulo. He probably just says his name Darulo. like Jason Derulo, but he always says it in the song, says Jason Derulo. Um, he is playing some cat that I know nothing about, but my friend showed me like a little snippet from like the live Broadway play from forever ago, and was like this is the character he's playing. And I'm like, yes, this will be good. Which, Even though the cats are scary. Which which cat is it? Name the cats. <laughs> he's one of the boy ones. Rum Tum Tugger? Yes, that's him. <laughs> he's the rock star cat. It's going to be perfect. And terrifying all at once. They are very scary. Yeah. They're too small. I would have much rather have had a person just like, in a Broadway style cat's costume throughout the whole movie than this weird CGI thing. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Not into it. I, I mean, they could have just been like actual cats. You I would watch go, that. You have to go like halfway and like. It's just weird. Yeah, it's not great. No, no. It's weird. Phantom of the Megaplex is a 2000 Disney Channel original movie. It's amazing. If there's one takeaway from this, Phantom of the Megaplex. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Yeah. All right. Well, for our next episode, Jessica is a prima ballerina trying out for the role of a lifetime, the evil swan from Swan Lake. See, because there's two swans, there's a good one and a bad one, and they fight it out for control of the lake. I'm very cultured, and I know this about my <laughs> Jessica, however, practices a little too hard and dips a little far into the dark ballet arts and starts to become overtaken by the evil swan in real life, sprouting black feathers and only communicating through menacing honks. Will she kick back and relax a bit and save her soul, or will she push even harder, making the transformation complete? Yes. Next time on Catching Up David, we'll be discussing Darren Aronofsky's dark ballet masterpiece, Black Swan, starring Natalie Portman, I think, as Jessica. Isn't she in this? I don't know. Cannot confirm. In any event, tune in next week or whenever, and we will find out if Jessica will finally learn to chill out a little bit. The end. (laughs) End of episode. Can I ask where you got the name Jessica? I just <laughs> this is what your heart's right. telling you. That's, it just felt right. That's it's who it is. Okay. Yeah. In any event, tune in next time. Goodbye, Hallie. Goodbye, David. <laughs> Goodbye, Kristen. <laughs> Goodbye, David. I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.